when two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton. And I'm Brooke Beerhouse, sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when your sport ends. Welcome to When Your Sport Ends here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Here to bring you weekly conversations on a topic that most athletes struggle to discuss. I'm Brooke Beerhouse, alongside my insightful co-host, Don Sutton, on this week's episode. This week, we will be going into and adding upon last week's episode of Time Management with Dr. Andrew Tran. Dr. Tran is a pediatrician in Dallas. He swam for the University of Texas, went to Texas Tech for medical school, and completed his residency in pediatrics at Baylor Scott and White. He loves to cook and take his dog on adventures. Additionally, Andrew had been training for an Ironman during his residency. So who better to talk about time management than a doctor doing an Ironman? Exactly. And in this episode with the discussion with Andrew, we get to talk about how he prioritizes his time management and what he would tell himself, which is not what you think, um, if he were to talk to himself when he was younger, which is really interesting and and something that you'll want to listen to till the end of the episode. And again, we're going to be touching upon last week's episode, episode 17. So if you haven't had a chance to, to listen to what we are explaining as the number one skill athletes can use to leverage new work and find jobs. Listen to that and enjoy this week's episode. Let's do this. It was uh, Chem 301, and I just remember going into study rooms with you and everything, and you were just on top of it. And do you think that that was really... uh, were you already determined that you were going to be a doctor? And then what no. kind of time management and prioritization were you looking for? So I think back back, back during that time, I was doing science just because I liked it. I was planning on working in a lab. I even toyed with the idea of like astrophysics because I thought it was cool and I love Star Trek. But um, uh, I, I actually didn't really make the decision to try for med school until like sophomore year, end of sophomore year-ish, after I had volunteered at Dell Children's in the ER. And then after after that, I was like, oh man, you know what? Medicine's kind of cool. Maybe instead of being just a science nerd, I'll be a science nerd that talks to people. So, yeah. (laughs) And pediatrics is really, I think that takes a special person to do that. And I mean, it's cool that you're able, that you were able to find that early on and heard you say you volunteered at the children's hospital. So did you know going in with med school, pediatrics was really what you wanted to focus on? Actually, it, it, the funny thing is it took a while for that too. I went into med school and I was like, you know what? Surgery is cool. I'm going to be a surgeon. But then yeah. after a while doing my surgery rotation, I was like, you know, this lifestyle, it's too, too much, too much time. And there are other priorities in life. So I kind of reflected and I was like, you know what? I volunteered at a children's hospital and that's what made me want to do medicine. And I've done coaching um, and I've volunteered at like 
swim meets and those kinds of things. I was like, you know what? I like kids. So let's, let's see where that takes me. Awesome. Yeah, I think you, you, you talk about priorities and adjusting your life to your priorities going from, uh, what was it, surgeon to pediatrics? How how did that shift with swimming and everything else going on during school? Yeah, so it was actually one of those decisions that Eddie helped me a lot with. Um, just kind of between sophomore and junior year, we had a long conversation about you know swimming and where my, what my future lies, and uh, we essentially decided that, you know, it's best for me to take, take priority in the academic side and put a, put a hold on the swimming. And so between junior, sophomore and junior year, that's when I made the the full commitment, the full jump to try to go into medicine. Wow. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, two things. One, I feel like that's unheard of for a lot to be able to, you know, a coach that actually is looking at you as a person and not just an athlete is such a gift. And when Don talks about his experience at Texas too, I'm always amazed at how like communicative you all were with each other and with your coach. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I think is amazing. And the second part of that is you knowing yourself enough already to like advocate for what you needed. So for any listeners that are in college, like what type of, um, maybe you could like walk us through how you're able to approach that conversation with your coach for people who aren't used to having that type of, you know, advocacy or communication with a authority figure. I mean, I, I, I put a lot of the conversation in the starting of the conversation with Eddie because he's the one that kind of realized where, where I would be best used as far as like my potential. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he kind of, he's the one that initiated that discussion. And it was one of those things that was kind of hard to me because, you know, you're swimming and you're, you're working hard and you feel like you're doing great and that's what you really want. But it's, it's really awesome to have someone who, can kind of see you as a whole and kind of help you make that decision. I remember Andrew, you doing adding extra dolphin kicks off of every wall. How many did you get up to at the, when you were wow. doing that? And Honestly, I, I don't remember. I just remember that during every practice, I was trying to push myself to do a specific number off of every single wall that we push off the wall. And that th- those are the kind of little things that you kind of bring into your life later on. Yeah. The same kind of determination, the same kind of goals, even, you know, making small goals every day. Those are the ways that you can become successful. Now, when it, yeah, when, when goals start to compete against each other, do you have any, uh, advice or recommendations as far as identifying which goal should take priority? So I think that all stems from what takes the most priority in your life. The best way to think about it is, you know, what are the important things in my life and what are the ways that I can 
what are the things that I can do to achieve them? And once you have that down, the rest kind of all falls into place because you, as a person, everybody, everybody knows exactly what they need to do in order to get their goals accomplished. It's just whether or not you want to do them. And so a big part of swimming being in my whole life is that you learn that the kind of determination you need to, and I guess the discipline too, to achieve your goals or to take the small steps every day to achieve your goal. Definitely. I'm curious about your start with swimming. I feel like that's always a really good place to better understand a person and like, and why that sport was important to them. So if you, I know it's a broad question, but if you want to walk us through why swimming, you know, why you chose that sport and why it became such an important part in your life, if you can pinpoint that. Hmm, I'm going to have to say the short answer is that I chose swimming because I hated running. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Running and swimming. Those are the only options. <laughs> well, every other sport involves running, right? Yeah. So let's see, you, you play basketball, you got to sprint up and down. You play soccer, you got to sprint up and down. Football, tennis, like all of those, even, oh, especially running. I didn't even mention that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my, my, my dad taught me how to swim and he, he also taught me how to play tennis and I had played a lot of tennis when I was a lot younger, but after, you know, doing a little bit of summer league swimming, it just felt like the sport to really get into. So my parents played a really big role in all that. And honestly, my mom She's the one who, after we started club swimming, you know, took took me to and my brother to every swim practice, morning and afternoon. And a lot of my success in life is because of my parents. That's really nice. Do you st- do you still swim? I yeah, occasionally. I was actually just in the middle of training for a half Ironman that was supposed to happen in, at the beginning of April. But um, hey, I said I said I hated running, but I was going to go and run for half half Ironman. <laughs> but of course, with all the COVID and everything, it it got canceled. Yeah. So. Now that, that's so interesting because I feel like an Ironman, well, a half Ironman, or yeah. even an Ironman, that's such a big commitment in itself. And you were doing that while going through residency. Can you walk us through that process a little bit? Maybe uh, describe some of those, you know, any kind of uh, sacrifices that may have come up? Yeah, honestly, it's one of those things where, like I said earlier, you kind of pick your priorities in life. And then once you know your priorities in life, then you know exactly what you need to do to get it done. So having a deadline on the race meant that if I wanted to survive the race, that I would have to actually train and, you know, working in residency, that obviously is a priority. So, you know, I go to work, I make sure I get my work done. I take care of my patients and I make sure everything is great there. But then because I know that the race was a priority, when I go home and I had free time, instead of going and doing other things like going out or sitting and watching Netflix, I 
You know, I was like, you know what, instead of watching Netflix, I'll sit on my bike on the trainer and watch Netflix or yeah, go, go for a run with my dog. Um, those kinds of things, you know, I think I found personally the hard part about running with a dog, especially during summer. Cause my dog, my dog has a dark coat. She can only go two miles now, two and a half miles, unfortunately. In winter, she was up to five or six running. But. Yeah, Luna Luna can only run about two miles right now. And at one point, I was trying to train her up a little bit more. But, I mean, a lot of my runs were done on my own. Or what I would what I did was I would run with my dog, take her home, give her, give her water and everything, and just let her rest, and then go out and finish the rest of the run. Prioritization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen pictures of Luna. She is so cute. Don, oh, Don shares that with me because I'm uh, kind of dog obsessed. <laughs> yeah, she she's like the sweetest dog and I love her a lot. So, yeah. We, we've talked about on the podcast before how I have the theory that a lot of athletes get dogs in, like after their sport ends or even during it because active anyways. I'm always <laughs> curious the percentage. I need to look that up on how many like former athletes and current athletes have dogs. Hmm. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty good theory. Yeah, I, I mean it makes a sense. Data set out there for that. What did you say? A you data there's set? a data set out there for that. There might be a census. Uh, you I mean, can you can you it. can make your own census. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a perfect place to stop, so that we can hear from our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. No NBA, NHL, or MLB, but don't worry, BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. UFC, online casino with poker and blackjack. Chess, there's still fun to be had. So go on to betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. We've been really getting into running here lately with COVID and everything as well. Um, I've always been a runner, but Don definitely has been getting into trail running has, I mean, you've mentioned a little bit about not being able to swim and train and you don't have the deadline anymore, but are you finding yourself running more or what are you doing for like mental and physical clarity these days? I actually started longboarding a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's been a lot of fun, you know, because it's one of those things where I've never skateboarded before, but it's one of those things where my body's trying to figure out new things. And that's really exciting to me, you know, trying to figure out how to balance on the board, the different muscles. These are completely different muscles than running, biking, or swimming. Absolutely. And it's it's just a fun way to exercise. So I think that right now, everybody, everybody's trying to pick up something. People are picking up new hobbies, especially during all this coronavirus stuff. And either you come out with it getting Corona 15, it's mm-hmm. kind of my, my version of <laughs> freshman 15, um, I like that. <laughs> with, with everybody who's baking bread and doing all those things, or you're someone who's, you know, make spending the time to work out some more or go and be more active and those kinds of things. What was the situation like for you with, you were finishing up residency, right? During the last few months of, Mm -hmm. with coronavirus and everything in, in Houston or Dallas? In Temple. In Temple. In Temple. Okay. Yeah. 
So what was that situation like? So everybody was really on edge all the time in the hospital. And a lot of us ended up taking extra shifts to help out um, where we could. And honestly, it really didn't change much from the working perspective aside of from having something extra to look out for and something extra to be careful about. From my perspective, I think it was one of those things where it was it was just it was just one of those things that added a lot of extra steps in the hospital um, for how we process patients or take care of like how we take care of patients and process them and figure out where they need to go and how we need to take care of them and how we can prevent them from getting more sick or prevent them from getting other patients sick or getting us sick too. Yeah. It's a, it sounds like there was a lot of kind of stepping up within that process and obviously being from a team sport, I mean, swimming's a little bit individualistic, but, but it's, still, it's a still a team sport. You find the tra- you found did you find that transition help you with uh being able to get involved more? I mean, absolutely. Medicine, medicine is a team sport. You have everybody working together for the, for the number one goal. Like number one goal is to take care of the patient and everybody has their own role that they play in making that happen. Um, and so every single person is important on the team and it's important to listen to everybody's concerns and, kind of take into account everybody's ideas in order to make the patient the most comfortable and give the best patient care. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. I was thinking of all the like innovation that's bound to happen and that has been happening um, in every field, but definitely in the medical field with how to proceed, like you said. I think that's um, adaptability might be something that I could make the causes probably a part of an athlete as well, like being very adaptable to training schedules and, um, or even like mid mid race whenever, yeah, you know, someone, someone's having a breakout race and you're, you're trying to beat them and, you know, you got to figure out what you need to do in order to, uh, to change your race plan so that you can figure out how to, to be there for the finish. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's amazing thinking about it sometimes, how much of the lessons and skills you learn being an athlete and just that identity side of yourself carry into life after you're done competing or training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And most of it, most of it, like you don't even really notice until you kind of sit back and reflect like on, on most of the day to day, most of what you do, you just do it kind of it's almost second nature but when you sit back and you think about it then you think you know wow i i really learned something i i picked something up there that helped me get through what just happened so one one question we like to ask is reflecting on everything you've been through right now um up to this point what would you tell your collegiate self while you were in that athletic period or time of your life? I'm going to give you a really corny answer. And the corny answer is I wouldn't tell myself 
really anything at all because I'm not who I am now because of everything that I've been through and everything that I've learned or, and all the things that I've had to, you know, work through in order to figure, figure things out. So I think that's the best answer we've gotten. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. Um, It's funny because self-reflection this time, especially with COVID and, um, and I think just the state of the world at the moment, there's been a lot of self-reflecting and alignment and just reassessing. And, um, and so hearing you say that is a really beautiful, like tie in to the current state, I think. Yeah. It's, it's really hard, especially right now and with everything going on for everybody to be happy or grateful for everything. But it's good to sit back, think about the good things in your life and the bad things and just be grateful for them because you wouldn't be who you are or where you are without them. 